Welcome to the Popolitikin Show. Founded in 2008, Popolitikin is a hip-hop meets self-help brand. With each interview, we teach the babies and share success secrets with you, the listener. Past guests of the Popolitikin Show include Yo Gotti, Currency, MC Light, BG, Dead Prez, Rashida, Project Pat, and more. We also showcase the future upcoming stars of hip-hop. Subscribe on iTunes and get automatic updates of each podcast episode. Popolitikin.com All right, peace. This is your boy Mecca, and I'm politicking with Popolitikin out here today. Definitely check them out, and definitely check us out at thecolorgreenmovie.com. Follow the movement, follow the film. Why do you feel like more minorities aren't gravitating to this industry that, that is now breaking through? Why do you feel like more of us don't pursue what's going on? Because as we speak right now, it's only 1% of people of color make up the whole entire industry. Man. That's three years young. Why do you feel like we don't gravitate to that more? Um, I still think that we are sort of lost in how we can fit in. Don't. hours away if you hop in your car where you can possess a plant completely legally. But then just a few hours south, you can possess the exact same plant and get caught with it. And now you have a felony record. You know, we want the kids to medicate, bro. You know what I'm saying? The medical marijuana, you know, you got the kids in Georgia. That's their whole thing. That's what uh, Alan Peake was bringing up. The Reagan era wasn't accurate. People healed depending on how they healed. And cannabis is a natural healer. For the youth to be free, to actually pursue their dreams, to actually try to obtain uh, more education, not just about cannabis, but business. Mother's breast milk naturally produces THC and some of the other properties of THC. So if your body naturally produces this, how can it be bad for you? But we are so, we're, we're like gods of creation. We're gonna find a way to do it. You know, we're gonna find a way to be, make something out of nothing. And I feel like this, this right here is like the, like they say, it's like the new gold rush. All I want to do is seclude myself in a player room, just classic music and you. I love when you come through Lovely body, nice perfume Let's enlighten, raise the volume Late 70s tunes as we get in tune To each other, love, you remind me of my coupe Cruising on a high rise, making moves Every day it's like the runway Cutie pie by one way Banging on my rag top 68 Hydraulic fluids and 13s, I call them roller skates I see my baby a grinder, a rolling tray if you don't know, you gon' learn today. Changing the expression on the nigga face. Never run out. Mary ain't here to stay. Let's build a grow house. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. Grow house. Grow mansion. Let's just build the future. Sound like some cool shit. Worldwide legalized. Word. Yeah. Let's get stone dispenser currency and blast showroom from currency. Currently, I'm flowing off a lot of pounds. 
quarterback when it's touching down And he'll hear the muffler sound I don't fuck around, I just puff around An eighth on the waking bake, always been a buck around My queen dress and couture clothes Mash the gas when the door closed Shopping when the mall closed Rolex or the G-Shop Before rap I had weed spots Nigga fuck a detox Word to spit him in the jet sign If you owe me one, see me next time Gas like the Hess sign Word to change shit good like your money is Just a playboy that knows where his bunny is No jokes on some funny shit Legalized worldwide Throw house money I don't wanna get arrested for smoke. Smoke ain't never killed nobody, nigga. Legalize worldwide. Jet life, black life, spit a ghost. You already know. Light one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Pole Politicking. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, uh, iTunes, all that. Politicking with my boy Mecca. How you doing? Man, I'm good today. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. So how would you describe yourself? Uh, writer, journalist? How would you describe yourself to the people? Man, I'm, I, I consider myself a journalist. Alright. Hip-hop journalist or just a journalist? Journalist overall. Alright. And it's before we get into your background, the journalism background, let's talk about your hometown. Let them know where you're from, where you represent. Okay, that's what's up. My hometown's Boston, Massachusetts. That's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, well, yeah, Boston, Massachusetts, you know, like I say, through and through. That was born and raised, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I love everything about the being, to be honest with you. It, it's because of Boston now I'm, I'm the well-rounded person I feel like I am today. And then I, I see, so what's your sports teams? Cause I always see you talking about sports, so let them know your sports oh, teams. Bro, bro, yeah, I mean, yeah, Boston Celtics, basketball, Patriots when it comes to football. Um, you know what? And, and again, it's basketball Celtics all day. But I do like watching Cleveland play. I, I've been a, I've been a fan of Cleveland since um, Braun came back. I thought he put together a real good team, and, and they got a solid squad this year. I, I I really don't see how somebody actually beats them in seven games. Like I think they might go ahead and take up another championship this year. Okay, and then also I know you from um, you lived in Charlotte. Cause I remember you wrote a doc, you did a documentary about Charlotte, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so just talk. Yeah, about, huh? Oh, it's called Crown Royalty: The History of Charlotte Hip Hop. Hey, what, they can check it out. What can they check it out at? Um, you can still check that out on, on the Vimeo page. Um, and you can Google it again. Crowd royalty, the history of Charlotte hip hop, and um, uh, and a link will pull up. Um, it's about thirty minutes long. It just kind of chronicles the the Charlotte hip hop scene from the early days, like late eighties, early nineties, to where we were at at the time, which was two thousand ten. All right. So let us know your background, and how you got into journalism, how long you've been doing it. Okay, I got into journalism. Um, Really just being a fan of hip-hop, like I literally started out just reading every hip-hop magazine possible from The Source to XXL when XXL was created, um, Vibes, all those. And I was inspired by most of the writers. Like I was inspired by Dream Hampton and I was inspired by Bossy Thompson and, 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 and cast like that. So when I got a chance, when I got into college, um, the first shot I got as far as writing was writing on the school newspaper. You know what I mean? And um, eventually I ended up becoming um, 
co-editor of the Jonathan C. Smith Student News, and it just gave me a lot of opportunities to go out and get interviews and assign stories and just kind of learn how it is to, to actually put together a publication. So when I got out of school, I kept pursuing journalism. So I had the chance to, you know, start Last Word Online, which was when I started that, it was like 04, 05. There were websites, but websites weren't taken as serious as they are right this second. You know what I mean? So I was kind of just using that as a way to get my name out there. So I went from Last Word Online to actually doing stories for XXL, for Slam Magazine, um, and a lot of other publications out there. Um, but circling back, came back to the website after a couple of years, um, relaunched Last Word Online, um, launched another couple of websites, DJsDoingWork.com and Notes from Underground TV, where I, I decided that I was going to take on a job of my own rather than waiting for somebody to assign me a story and just kind of cover some of the stuff I love. So that's how I got into journalism, and that was kind of that's kind of the background right there. And then what stories would you say you covered that you're, like, most proud of? Um, you know what? This election season, I was actually most proud of two interviews I've done where I'm watching people on TV. Uh, one of them is, and they're both Republicans. One was Armstrong Williams. He was a black, he was a black, um, um, he was, he is a black journalist. <laughs> he uh, used, to have a, used to have a radio show, though. He was, a, he was a staunch supporter of Bush and Reagan era and... I had a chance to actually interview him when I was doing Last Word Online, so it was, it was, a, it was an interesting interview. So to see him on CNN discussing Donald Trump was amazing. Um, the other person I would say, um, David Duke. I interviewed David Duke when I was at Johnson C. Smith. He was in town doing a rally. So I thought I, I told my um, I told my teacher I, said, I think it'd be interesting for him to sit down with a black with a historically black um, newspaper, historically black university's newspaper, and explain why he's in the city. And lo and behold, he was open. So um, me and his publicist sat down, worked it out. He got on the phone, and we had a good 15-minute conversation about his stances, his, his views on um, people of color and where we all stand and, and, you know, and why he was in the city. So I actually thought it was a really good interview. I wouldn't mind talking to him again, to be honest with you. Okay, okay. And I want you to talk about your current project. I hear you talking about it a lot. I want to say that I think it's The Color Green or something. What's the name of it? Sorry. Yeah, The Color the Color Green, okay. Cash Color Cannabis. Um, it's a documentary about um, the cannabis industry, but more more about the lack of minorities in the cannabis industry. Um, and we kind of speak about why we don't see more people of color getting involved in the industry that that, uh, that is booming across the country. And what are some of the things that kind of hinder us? So I break down issues, whether it be, I break down issues like um, generational issues, like the differences between our generation, the younger generation that's coming after us, and the generation before us, and how we all view cannabis, and how that kind of steers people away from trying to even get involved in the industry. Um, I speak about some of the, the stereotypes that are put on people who, who do use, um, especially people of color. I, put, I speak about those stereotypes. I speak about hip-hop's influence over in pop culture as far as making cannabis more easy to consume publicly and, and admit that you are one. But it's also still a negative because some of the stigmas that we we grew up with, we still portray in the music. And that portrayal still goes a long way when it comes to people saying, well, this is an acceptable stoner and that's not. Or this is an acceptable user and that's not. So the story, the, the, the film itself kind of tackles all those issues and a couple of more. And the overall point is to kind of start a conversation that, yeah, we're not, a, there's not a lot of people involved in this industry. But the good thing is this industry as, it, as we see it now, is still fairly new. It's still fairly new enough that you can get involved. So let's start this conversation now. Let's figure out ways you can get involved, whether it be growing dispensaries um, or anything else that, 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 that involves the industry itself. It doesn't necessarily have to be you touching a plant. 
And just speaking about how this medically can help us as far as um, a lot of ailments that, that people of color go through traditionally and economically, obviously. You know what I mean? So I just want to make sure that we start this conversation knowing that this industry itself is about three, four years old legally. That it's still time for plenty of people to get involved. So don't don't stick back and wait for something to be told to you specifically. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't wait for it to kind of hit you in the face before you realize this is something I should know about. Yeah, that's why... Um I don't know. I guess I smoke on my show because I'm, I'm guess I'm support. I'm advocating it because I know with me, like you said, you hear a lot of stereotypes about weed smokers, mm-hmm. and I have like three degrees, and I used to always smoke when I did my homework. So I'm like, I don't get that. <laughs> st- you know, they always come with that stoner, and you slow. I'm like, nah, I don't know. That's just the myths they put out there. But I know another thing really as is. far as like, I know with dispensaries, it seems like even though like it's legal. They still come in and the cops come in and, and bust it open and, and you know try to close it. So it's like that, I see that a lot out here. Are y'all dealing with that? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Well, you know, in, in Georgia, it's still not legal just of yet. Well, well you know, we have medical. We, you're able to get CBD oils, but there's no real dispensaries. There's no real scene like that out here. But I'm not shocked that that still does happen in in California. We're dealing with a situation that where it's legal on a state level, not a federal level. You know, and that's another situation that they really got to tackle. Um, I, w- I would think fairly soon, no matter who the president is going to be, you're going to have to tackle that sooner than later. You can't have a country where one half of the country is saying yes to one thing and one half is saying no. The last time we had that was a civil war. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, at some point, you're going to have to get this together because, yeah, if it's legal on a state level but not on a federal level, then, yeah, you're going to always have a clash of laws and a clash of what's right and what's wrong. Just go ahead and make a, a sweeping decision. Either this is going to be classified as a as a as a level as a level one felony drug, you know, what I'm saying it's going to be classified as that, or it's not. You know, what I mean, like we got to get to an understanding of what 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 is about to, what is this going to be. I say, have you been following that the news reporter story, the one that like she quit her job on on the spot, said she was about to go do a dispensary, and I guess she was doing good. Oh, Charlo. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte Green. Yeah, yeah. For what I, yeah, I have been following her her story for the most part. You know, I follow her on Instagram, so you you, you okay. can't you can't miss some of the stories. I know she's going through a legal situation right now in Alaska, which blows my mind. You know, I kind of wish I could learn a little bit more about that because for a state that is now allowing for legal cannabis use and purchase, it's bizarre that you, this woman is going through a, a, a possible twenty four was it twenty four or forty year sentence over her basically giving people access to cannabis. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, so, so I want you to talk about some of the benefits of uh, cannabis in case, you know, anybody that don't smoke cannabis might be listening to this interview. Oh, man, so the benefits, well, it really depends on what strain you're using. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm it, when I do consume it, in the time I will, I'm more of a, um, of a, of a, um, Indica. I'm not really an indica person. No, not at all. No, no, I go for sativas more than anything because it gives me energy. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and an indica, you know, if you do no smoking, will give you a body high, which to me calms me down so much that I almost, you know, you want to be so mellow, just chill out. Like a, a, a good sativa, if you're somebody who's looking for energy, a good sativa, like a, like an OG Kush or something like that, will give you a good bounce of energy. And it also, for me, keeps me very focused. So I'm able to I'm able to multitask on a lot of things and able to keep those things in order. So um, that's that's two of the benefits I can think of for myself. You know, and, and when it comes to health reasons, you know, I mean, I'm not sure what, what people will suffer from, but everything from high blood pressure to anxiety. You know, what I mean, like the various strains again, depending on if you if if, if you're leaning towards a sativa or indica. 
can actually help with those ailments. So it's things that we all kind of just need to sit down and research and really get to know it. It, it always starts with learning which strain you, you, you're using and how it affects your body, your, your body chemistry. Because again, I know me. I, 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 after learning, I'm way better on a sativa than I ever would be on an indica. You said on a, but but that's, that's me. What about those hybrids, though? Oh, them hybrids will get you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and that's, that's that's a beautiful thing for me. But it normally works better for me. Right now, it's great. Like I'm I, like I tell you, I'll go out and get OG. Like OG Kush is my is my dog. Yeah, I'm smoking some Phantom Berry right now. See, so you get a chance to go to the dispensaries. Yeah, I go to dispensaries, and then I still uh, support my my. Support my black hustlers, so <laughs> I do. <what> we <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I still got a, I still got a local hustler. I gotta, yeah, because I, go I kind of, I don't know, because with the experience, I kind of felt bad. Cause I'm like, shit, like you know, black owned. We already have too many black owned businesses out here. Black so I'm like, you know, I had to support the homie. I couldn't just leave him out. But then the dispensary, you got all these options. You got deals. So you like, shit, you know. So I, I try. To, Man, look, I try to support both. <laughs> Well, that's good. At least you keep somebody in business. You know what I mean? Like you said, you gotta support a, a, a support black businesses. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna say. So, what's your opinion on the state of uh, hip hop? I guess the culture right now. The state of hip hop as a culture. You know, I've been a fan of this. I, well, I've been a fan of what I see in hip hop for easily the last eight years. Which I see is, um, we're getting back to a point of independence, and it's less about your dependence on a label, and it's less on your dependence on a whole. Big, um, big structure in order to actually get your music out there and get your name out there. So as we go go on in time, and you look at now, I might not be a fan of Lil Yachty. Like I'm not a fan of Yachty. I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, Lil Uzi Vert or any of them. But I respect the fact that you can survive the way you're surviving without necessarily having to plug yourself into a quote unquote system. So as long as I keep seeing that, that's going to be something I, I I totally admire. Because it gives people chances like like Dave East. It gives people chances for you to get to know this kid's music and for this dude not to have to overly change your music in order to fit into the, you know how the system goes, you got to go get a radio song, you got to get a club song, you got to get this, you got to get that. It gives artists more time to actually develop what who they feel like they are as an artist. And you can kind of tailor make that and kind of grow your artist, your fan base slowly. And it gives you that chance to do it. Like in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was almost like there was a rush to get artists and they were just pushing them through systems and you got to drop this type of song and we got to get at least 300,000 records sold first week. Yeah. Man, that was burning people out. You know what I mean? And, and the internet came through and the ability for you to put out your own music and again, take your time was the biggest blessing and the curse for the, for the, for the music industry because it gave you better artists or artists who came better prepared. But the fact that they're now better prepared means they don't necessarily need you. Like, I'm still shocked even Young Thug, well, I mean, aside from you signing papers early, probably, is even attached to a Leo Cohen or, or a 300. I'm shocked you even do that. Like, your, power, your your brand is so strong that you're doing, you're actually helping them more than they're helping you at this point. So what do you think about, like, I guess the people like us, like the journalists, do you think we're in a good state, too? I, I think so, yeah. You know, again, and I think it's, it's about learning about the technology. Like, coming up, you know, like when you had Pro Politic and I had Last Word Online, you saw early that the game was kind of changing a little bit away from, you know, you walking into a, a store and buying a magazine. Um, we're at a point now where you got to recognize that websites and blogs are changing as well, and you need to change with it. Like, this, I, Instagram pages right now, Facebook pages right now, that literally give you stories and exclusives and all that, 
and they don't have a website, period. You know what I mean? I'm not advocating that because at any day, if Facebook or Instagram crashed, then you're out of luck. You know what I mean? But there's people who are doing that right this second. They're getting out stories that much quicker than you can get them out, you know, simply because of how they're sitting on their phone or how they their access to it, to, to, to you know what I'm saying, just being able to hit publish. So you got to learn and move with that. And I feel like um, one of the things I had to do when it came to, to, to doing these documentaries was learn that this is just an extension of journalism. And that a story that I probably would have wrote out long time ago, which would have been Color Green or, or um, um, Crown Royalty, I would have wrote that out. That now is probably better to, for the for my for my viewer my for my viewer to see it. You know what I mean? Like you literally got to view it now. So I mean, it'd probably be easier for them to view it than actually sit and try to read it. So learn that that we that if you can pick this camera up and you can walk around and uh, you can tell a whole different, you can create a story that you can now show somebody. Versus writing the story down, which probably won't get read. So we got to learn how to evolve in that level as well. That that right now is probably more powerful for you to visually tell a story than for you to actually try to write one down or, or, or try to um, pass it off that way. So what advice would you give to an aspiring journalist? I would give them that advice right there. That build up your social media um, following as you can you know don't don't try to don't do the buy followers or anything like that like organically build it up and then slowly start trying to give them the news you trying to cover you, you want to give them you know whether it be I stuff guess, you're pulling so what, from the what, site what would you say are just some like basic like do's and don'ts of journalism I, I get i know a lot of people probably don't even know that you know because some people they post stuff but they don't even look for the sources they just Post whatever they see on Facebook. They don't check the link or nothing. So what is? Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a big that's a big don't as far as I'm concerned. Like there's way too much um, posting without actually doing any real vetting of a story. And uh, and I feel I feel like you know and again people fault me for this, but I have no problem saying I'm not sure about something. Let me go back and check. And I think there's too many people who have um, it's a pride level that goes after you hit the after you hit that publish button. Like yo, I just did something. I sent this shot out around the world and everybody just heard it. I'm not, you know what I mean? But when you find out that that might be wrong, it's perfectly fine to go back and tell some, and tell your same crew of people, I got that wrong. I got to I got to retract that. That's something that journalists are taught to do. And I see nowadays that's something that people are almost scared to do to say that they got something wrong or they might not know the answer to that question. Don't be the, the number one. Don't to me is don't be that confident. You know, what I'm saying it's perfectly fine to to. To say I have to go back and research something again, or I have to go back and read that over again, I might have missed. I might have missed a point, or I might have misunderstood something. There's no. There's no issue with doing that. Like if you're a journalist, your your job is to deliver the best possible story, not the fastest story, not the not the glitziest looking story, the best possible story. You know, and that's something I'm learning even to this day. I mean, I've been writing for now. It seemed like two decades, but I'm still learning to this day that you have to give. The best story, not the fastest. I don't care how many people are, are outpacing you. If, if, if you're giving good quality work on a consistent basis, that'll always shine. So what are some of your interests? My um, interests right now, man, like always, you know, again, um, basketball all day. You know what I mean? Like like whether it be college, high school, or pro, I could watch hoops all day. You, like, you, I you write for like basketball day. magazines too, right? Yeah, I did. I used to write for Slam yeah. um, from 2007 to 2010, 11. Um, the last, the last story I did for Slam. Matter of fact, I'm still watching him now. Kennedy Meeks for um, University of, of North Carolina, um, Chapel Hill Tar Heels. He's power forward. He was the last person I covered. I'm glad to see him now as a senior. 
it looks like he's going to go have a pro career. That's dope. You know what I mean? But, I, uh, yeah, basketball is definitely one of my, my, my interests. Um, I've always been a, I'm always a, a reader. You know what I'm saying? So if you follow me on any any social media platform, you'll you'll probably see me reading a new book every couple of weeks. You know what I mean? So I'm always trying to trying to yeah, always, always. Like there's some there's writers I just like, like James Baldwin, like Jack Kerouac, like we spoke about earlier, or topics like how we're working on a documentary right now. I'll find books um, from different film producers or or you know, indie or major, and just see what their thoughts of when it comes to cutting the film or um, how to approach somebody as far as I'm um, an editor, things like that. Like, I always try to um, just try to see what else what else somebody is thinking because you can't always be the per- one person right in the room. And then is there any causes you support that you want to talk about? Um, the main cause I want to talk the main cause I, I'll speak about right now is is we're 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 trying to galvanize people in Georgia to to actually start taking up um taking up their taking up their voice and start letting people know that you want to join Florida and all the many other states that are surrounding Georgia that are now making decisions about um, adult cannabis use and whether or not they want to allow that in the state. So I feel like um, we've actually put the, put on a, a a program called Cash Color Cannabis. It's an event series we do where we bring out a panel of people and they kind of speak to folks on various topics in the cannabis industry. But we always end on a note of, of a call to action of get behind a, get behind a, one of these organizations, whether it's Normal or Georgia Care, get behind one of these politicians, whether it's Senator Vincent Ford or anybody else who are coming through and telling you that I'm, I'm running on a platform of decriminalizing or I have a group of people who are focused on that. We have to get involved, you know what I mean? And I think that, and that's the one cause I'm solid behind. So the next Cash Color Canvas we're doing is December 7th. It's going to be at the Omen Agency down here in Atlanta. I was from 7 to 10 p.m. I'm going to be announcing the the, the, the panelists soon. But it's going to be an excellent, the topic is going to be media and how we can change the image of the stoner. So, um, again, we're going to have a, a good amount of people invited out. And one of the things we're going to end, end on that note is get behind normals, get behind Georgia Cares. Um, you take up your own camera. You take up your own pen and say, "I'm gonna help change this 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 image." Because it, 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 until we really change the image, you're not gonna be able to galvanize the people you want to galvanize because they're still sitting behind an old stigma and an old an old view of what this is. You know, so we really gotta start taking control of the narrative right this point. So um, that's the cause I'm on right now, making sure that Georgia and people in Georgia know what's going on and how we can help actually change some of these laws. And what would you like to say to people that have been supporting your career so far? Thank you. Thank you for reading. Thank you for every click. Thank you for every view. Thank you for every message I've ever got. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I literally live for the people who, 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 um, who even took the time to do that. Even going back to Last Word Online days when I could go on and literally see that four people viewed something. I would, I would love all four of those people. You know what I mean? Because you took time to do that. And the way the internet moves today, and the way the, wor- the way the world moves today, you have so many options. So if you made color green now, or cash color cannabis, one of your options. Thank you. All right, man. I want to say thank you for coming through politics with me. No doubt, man. Appreciate you, man. I, I, I wish I could, I could, I could uh, have a smell of vision right now. I'm sure you got some good going on over there. I'm seeing the smoke cloud. <laughs> I want to say you want to tell them your social media, how to follow you, everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you can follow me personally at Mechavelli. That's M-E-H-K-A-V-E-L-L-I. And that's on Instagram and that's on um, um, Twitter. Um, definitely follow the movie at The Color Green Movie. That's, um, that's our Instagram page, at The Color Green Movie. 
Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Color Green Movie. And definitely follow us at Cash Color Cannabis on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, the event goes off December 7th. If you follow us on any of those social media pages, you're going to see the RSVP link going out um, throughout the week, um, probably a couple times a week on various pages. So definitely keep up. December 7th is the date. Um, go ahead to RSVP now. It's going to be a great um, time. It's going to be a very informative time. It's going to be a definitely a dope time for us to all come together as a community. Popolitikin.com. Popolitikin would like to thank the following sponsors. If you're interested in being a sponsor or having ads featured on Popolitikin, email us at popolitikin at gmail.com. Ahala. Welcome to CoNimby Foundation, a private family foundation incorporated in 1968, and it's dedicated to our continued mission of reflecting the family philanthropic philosophy. Our programs expand educational opportunities and creative, inclusive communities because supporting the causes of education and community development is the hallmark of our work. The Foundation's programs have ambitious goals that seek to meet the needs of our communities. We acknowledge how important it is to have sound structures and strategies in place to achieve success in all of our programs. To learn more about our work, visit us at conimby.org and on Facebook at Conimby Foundation. While you're there, like our page as we will like to stay connected with each of you.